Hello and welcome back to ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme in ECW Hardcore TV from episode 1 all the way to 401 as this week we look at episode 90 is the 10th of the 1st, 1995. And uh, before we get into the show, I think last week we promised that we were going to look at 911 aka Tombstone in WCW, as he took on Lex Luger on Monday Night Show many moons ago. And I think we should start with that. Get this show going. Many, many moons ago. Uh, what do you think of this tombstone in WCW? It's like, it's like 911 in HD. <laughs> it's like 911 HD. I was impressed he got to the ring. He had music. He wasn't out of breath. Yep. Um, he was standing tall. It was... The crowd seemed okay. With well, him. no, right. So that, yeah. So he was standing tall. We're used to seeing nine one one being this huge guy that comes in and just towers over everyone. <sighs> and he's Lex Luger's opponent because Lex Luger's going up against the Giants, so he's he's working through the big men. It's a true nut match. He's the same size as Lex Luger. He is. Yeah. He's got similar gear on though got the look yes i took a couple of forearms yeah he'd survived the um the bionic the elbow legal forearm with the implant yeah so okay. you know he's, he's obviously still still tough stuff and he got put up in the rack he hit him with a clothesline but he got put up in the rack and ended up tapping and i didn't see a tap though i think tombstone was robbed it's oh, a fair point it's a fair Tombstone point. Robs because I just saw Tombstone flapping around, which I don't think is a tap. Which, to be fair, was all Luger was doing, signalling for the torture rack. So was Luger tapping? So, basically, so your logic is that Luger tapped first. So what we're saying is exactly. Tombstone is still undefeated in WCW. We, we don't know that. We've watched one match. We know. We know. It yeah, it's it. just interesting seeing the dominant um, 911 in ECW. Um, he doesn't really get a lot of offence. This could be a thing. We might dig out more ECW people in WCW. I saw uh, a tweet today about Mikey Whipwreck's WCW debut. Yeah, I remember that. So that might be one to uh, go and view at some point. Definitely. I think that was against Billy Kidman, but yeah. I am up for that. Yeah, we'll try and dig it out. We'll try and make a little thing. Um, but back to week 90. Like I said, 1995. We um, start the show off with Tully Blanchard quickly saying, Shane Douglas, one of the horsemen might be afraid of you, but this one's not. I've seen no evidence that Arn Anderson is afraid of... <laughs> Shane Douglas. But Paul Romer is. Oh. So, is that what he's referring to? Because there's a lot of horsemen at this point. Yes. But, um, yeah, a little, little tease. I thought there were going to be more as the show went on, but that was it. And um, Yeah. yeah that was randomly. <laughs> and for once, for once, we actually got the intro in the opening minute of the show. I was quite happy for that. I was. Uh, and then we are welcomed to the newly redesigned ECW arena. It looks fucking beautiful. 
Joe like, Styles can't even get a seat in the Eagles' nest because they've sold tickets there like they have for the last 20 weeks. I know, he's still standing by that thing looking around aimlessly. Um, and they, uh, they, they've squeezed bleachers into every sp- single space possible to, so they could put in several hundred more fans. And people have people on each other's shoulders so they're doubling up with the tickets. That's true. And some of them are laying on the floor just so they could pick up the ambience. Ambience. And um, all of these fans are in unison in their belief that Joey Styles still sucks. Ah, <laughs> oh, bless. Which I thought was a bit harsh. It was a bit harsh. I thought his fan base would be... Um... I mean, he might not have been my non-wrestling personality of 1994, but I, you know, I think it was a fair shout for the award. It was definitely a notable mention. Griff thought he might have been a slight bit of a game changer. Game changer. Game changer. We then cut to Joey Styles again as he introduces Stevie Richards. It is put up or shut up time. Uh, Jay, this is your segment. Take it away. Um, so, yes, yeah, so Stevie Richards, Stevie the body, Stevie Flamingo comes out and Joey Styles calls him on the fact that Johnny Polo was going to be there and he's not there. And Stevie says, I won't be introducing Johnny the Polo, Johnny Polo, Johnny the Polo, Johnny Polo. Um, but this is his most exciting day of Stevie Richards' life. More exciting than JFK's assassination or Haley's comment or the signing of the, the, the Constitution. Um, I don't know how many of those actually occurred in Stevie Richards' life. And I don't know whether you could class the JFK assassination as exciting. Um but he introduces uh, Scotty the Body, uh, Johnny Polo, uh, Scotty Flamingo, who walks out and berates Stevie for losing and the setback that they had the last week um, because of Tommy Dreamer um, and gives such a great uh oh so no I'm, I'm trying to not use his name as if it was a big reveal but stevie richards actually introduces him as the raven um uh so he comes raven comes out and uh motivates him by saying um that there are 12 year old kids that have been uh, abused by both of their parents but we've all been there um and <laughs> Have you ever um, ever felt like this? <laughs> strange yes. things happening. Are you going around the twist? Um, have you ever Sorry. woken up with a pile of cardboard boxes as your pillow and a, a newspaper as your um, blanket? Um, so and this motivates him. Um, and he finishes by saying for the first time, quote the Raven, nevermore. How old is Raven here? How old? Yeah. I want to say 30s, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be 30s. got to be early 30s. He looks young. And had he been in WCW before? Is this the first time? Uh, No, no, no. This is the birth of Raven. So he joined WCW about 97, 98, I want to say. 97, I reckon. And does he get a flock in ECW or Raven's flock is a gets whole a nest. ECW thing? He does, he does. And you will know some of the people who are his first followers. Gets Raven's nest 
in ECW. The Ravens flock in WCW. Tell me Mr. Hughes comes back and joins. He does. Apparently he just stands there in the eagle nest going, Baka! Baka! And that's Raven's music. And then he goes to Offspray. So Raven's arrived. That's exciting. Let's see um, how this all pans out. Finally. So apparently the, the, the Raven's nest comes together in February. I'm ready. Oh, not far away. Ready. Calling Raven the voice of their generation. Ready, ready, ready. So, um, yeah, that's all going on. And then we cut to Stevie Richards straight away afterwards versus Hack the Hair Myers. Now, for whatever reason, um, this week, I decided to try and do a little bit of investigation of what the hell they're saying as he's doing it. Because, you know, we've talked about it. The the, the Shah, the Shaw... Yeah. Of, of ECW. Um, it's the Shah. What does that even mean? As in, uh, like, Iranian Persian royalty. S-H-A-H. He's oh. the Shah of ECW. Oh. That makes even less sense now I know it. Yeah, I don't know why you... There is nothing within his gimmick at all that gives me the feeling that he's a chic style emperor or, or king of a Persian Iranian country. What, what hack? Yeah. It was just his hair. No, it, it, no. He is the Shah of ECW. Oh. Which is why they all chant Shah, 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 Shah. <laughs> Mental. Shah, Shah, Shah. That's what the nest is, Jordan. Sounds like Mr. Hughes and the Eagle's Nest. Um, So, I'm just in a podcast and making noises. So, uh, Myers has the match won. Richards falls to the outside. Raven gets in the room, loads up the loaded boot by stomping on the floor about five times, kicks him in the head. Stevie gets back in. Gets the win, and the fans chant, you still suck. Now, <laughs> now, this was always predictable that Raven was getting involved. And while watching this, I just thought the match went on way too long. Yeah. yeah especially considering... Was it was inevitable what the finish was going to be. Massively inevitable. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, and especially considering that Hack has got his neck brace on from having his neck nearly broken and his career nearly ended uh, like the week two weeks before. So they're yeah. playing up he's got this bad neck. He's working through as if he's got this bad neck. And he still puts up a really big fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's... Um... Yeah, it was, it was strange. Like I felt like Stevie Richards' character was... I don't want to say above Hack Myers, but it shouldn't have been someone that caused him this much hassle. Totally. No. And I know that the whole idea is that it gets to... Um, Raven interfering. Yeah. So whoever the the opponent was, it would have done the same old stuff because it, they needed Raven to interfere. But yeah, it just felt a little bit um, bizarre. Mm. Yeah. So we then go to backstage where Joey Styles is there, talks about Raven's debut and not being able to get a seat again. 
I mean, you'd think he knows someone in the business who might be able to get him one. he just buy one. I just feel like, yeah. So he's upset about that. But then we head out to New York and the hottest club in New York, Club Expo. The public enemy turn up. They're not allowed in. And they show their tag team belts. And the security guard goes, why have you got your belts on? <laughs> now we're going to hold up our trousers. <laughs> You're just walking around New York like that? That's like, why is that left in there? It's like, why are you wearing your belts? This whole scene was just so weird. I just, yeah. So they get in, and then it cuts to Shane Douglas turning up with the four hottest lady in New York. Um, and he then struts straight through, and they're like, oh, franchise, thanks for coming. And then two women in the queue didn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> oh, they were making me laugh. <laughs> so the, the doorman does this whole kind of like, wow, franchise, amazing, let me come this way. And franchise is, is hugely healing in regards to, you know, oh, thank you, it's it's your greatest pleasure. Um, but yeah, the, the, the two women who are just standing there, who obviously aren't even extras that they've paid to be there, are sitting there laughing, going, who the fuck was that? Well, yeah, it was just, they were like, we missed something. And it was just, I don't know, it just really tickled me because I thought, why not just cut it two seconds before? But, uh, yeah, he's in there. They're all in the club. They're all in the they club. Ah, for their, for their New York debut, which apparently is debuting by going to a nightclub. Whoop, whoop. Just all a little bit random. It really was. We get brief um, highlights of Mikey and the giant Paul Oreo biscuit, their backstory from last week. Um, yep. Yeah, we've seen it. We spoke about it. If you want to hear about it, go back and listen to last week's episode. We covered it. Great detail. Great detail. Um, we then get an extreme encyclopedia. Now, I did not I, like this one bit. No, did you pay attention to it? Yeah, I, I took photos of it. So, if I said Grapplus Acrobaticus, yep. you would know that was the Latin name for... To oh, Scorpio. Scorpio. Yes. And Foxus Greedius. Woman. Alicia Fox. Oh, too soon. Oh. No, that's Foxus Drunkus. And... Uh, Smokers, Brawlius. Cigarette smoking wrestler, yeah. Um, I didn't mind it, but I just thought, wow, this is really, like, just on the screen for a long period of time. It's really weird music as well. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I had a slight issue in... Um, and again, it's kind of like with 2019 sensibilities. Mm. Um, I understand that you're playing a pun on Too Cold Scorpio being so acrobatic that he breaks the laws of gravity. Yep. He's breaking the laws of gravity. But describing the guy as a criminal seemed a little bit of an odd choice. Yeah, it was um the whole thing was just so weird. It was just it was a build up for the main event that didn't actually tell you it was the main event. 
No, that's true. It was just. Uh, in fact, you know what? That's only just twigged me now, as you've said that, that that's why they've done it. Oh, really? No, it's... Yeah, no, it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> yes, no. It's, it, it was, it's one of those, like, you know, what age were you when you discovered this? I was this many days old when I worked out that actually this entire thing was to... to and, and you know the thing, there's like a penny drop, because I had a little bit of time this evening, so I've watched episode 91 of ECW. Oh. So wow. I know what happens in the future. Like, and I know it happens... I know that we get more of these... And even then, I didn't realise it was the main event until you've just said it, where I've gone, oh, yeah, it was the main event. Well, cliffhanger for people to come back to next week. Cliff and Maximus. So that's happening. We then cut to the Club Expo. Shane Douglas is there awkwardly dancing. What happened to his shirt? Or is that... Oh, no, that's, that's later. That's later. Yeah, so... Um, He's fully dressed I, right now. That's what made... That's what where... makes later on so awkward. <laughs> so I've never really been in a club where um, the 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 girls that I've gone to the club with, and I must admit, you know, I've never taken four girls to a club on my own. Um, I'm not, not the franchise. Um, but I've never been in a position where the girls I've been, I've gone to a club with, all basically have joined arms, turned their back on me, and stolen my, my wrestling belt and blocked me out of their their circle. You ain't gone I've to seen, the right clubs, mate. I've seen that happen in clubs. <laughs> He's got a fucking wrestling belt. I've walked to loads of Chicago's in my ECW belt that I bought from WWE.com. Girls love it. <laughs> oh, God. Franchise. So, um, we then... Go to Joey Styles talking about ECW being shown in loads more places. We then cut to Joey Styles back in the club with Shane Douglas. And in a short period of time, Shane Douglas now pretty much has his shirt completely undone. Um, I, I feel like we've missed the most interesting five minutes by not seeing what occurred. But I'm just saying, I mean, obviously I'm a massive Shane Douglas fan. But Shane Douglas, someone who hates Ric Flair has turned up on a private jet to get into a limousine in his custom suit with his world title with the girls and taking them for expensive pre-drinks before they got to the club with drinks. That didn't seem like a limousine-riding, jet-flying son of a gun, from my opinion. It really does. <laughs> and I was just sitting there thinking, I know you don't like him, mate, but this segment is a little bit Ric Flair for my liking. I mean, he was missing turning around and going, um, I've spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from here to there than you've made in your career. You spent on seats at the ECW Arena. No, but, um, yeah, I just thought, wow, this is a little bit... Mental. And then as he's out enjoying himself as a champ, we then got the other side of the coin and the man that lost the world title match. So we go to poor Ron Ron. Arm in a sling. Arm in a sling. Um, you do run, run. Talking about the hoods. And... Now, even though he's fighting this weekend. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times, as we'll find out. Um, uh, 
so again, we're into this hole for no reason because they've just done, you know, a, a promo back and forward and then he's taken advantage of his damaged arm and beaten him up. Yeah. So we're still in this begrudging respect thing of, you know, if you know you're, you're, you've got guts and you know you're, you're you're good and you know you've got so many guts that if you were if you were black they'd even let you in the hood um which is weird that, that we're still on this this you know respect thing um but the next line you know and, and you're full of spunk and i'm sitting there going no i've just seen him with his shirt off he's probably fairly empty by now <laughs> franchise <laughs> It's <laughs> oh, extreme. Oh, that is extreme. Going back to condoms again. We need to start doing a disclaimer. Some point. <laughs> I don't know. We don't. Warning. Yeah, wrestling warning. podcast might not actually have talk of wrestling. <laughs> we should talk about nightclubs and stuff. It's great. But yeah, no, he's there, and I just thought his arms fucked, but he's there with his arm, and that's the only arm he's moving the whole time with the microphone. <laughs> Well, you know, if he's only got one evening coming, one one match coming up, a, a recent, a soon to be pay per view, then you know he should be right. I mean, it's not as long as he doesn't have to do like a weekend's worth of work against some really heavy opponents. He should be fine. Yeah, but wouldn't you at least use your other arm to hold the mic and sort of not just wiggle that arm up and down and things like that? Maybe it's a lie. It could all Maybe be a that lie. Maybe that's a good arm and it's all a fix. Hmm. Maybe. So that happened. Then we cut back to the ring and his beloved tag team partner, Scorpio, is in the ring with a mic. Oh, no. Hey, hey, hey. He's here. Um, Again, another really weird thing. So basically, he calls out Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. They come out. He tells him he's going to beat them up. They walk forward. He says, next week, ha-ha. So they get in the ring, and I feel like they've called his bluff here because he wasn't. He said he was going to fight him, so he came out to fight him. And he goes, "Oh, next week," and they sort of. You shove just him. wait until my tag team partner's here. Yeah. Me and my tag team partner are going to beat you up. You just wait when there's two of us, and they've kind of gone. Or we could just no, not wait until right. there's two of you. Yeah, the tag team partner they've just assaulted and like now they broke his shoulder, so they're clearly not. Who, who now has two matches on this thing. He's up against Shane Douglas and he's got a tag match against these two. Damn. <laughs> Give your soul a garden. Your ass is mine. I want Damn. your... I want your ass. But, um... He, he, so Scorpio... You, man. <laughs> Scorpio has a little moment where he takes control but then he just gets uh, beaten up. Call cool yourself the crippler. Yeah, because apparently crippling didn't work, so... Yeah, so he just gets beaten up, and he's in the ring, and then the Sandman music hits. Which they did a terrible job of editing out the intro music. They did. So I could definitely make it out that it was Metallica. It wasn't as um, good this time around. Sandman takes his sweet time getting to the ring again with obviously his his near-famous entrance, because he doesn't come through the crowd yet. No, he's on the build, though. He's on the build. But uh, this entrance gives his opponent time to recover slightly. You tell yourself that. Oh, it all helps him recover a little bit. So he gets in the ring. Scorpio's still down. Sandman gets in the ring and they start fighting. Sandman beating him up. Sandman hits him with a scary, scary vertical suplex. Yeah. Wow. He sort yeah. of 
He sort of does the old bulldog spot where he holds him up in the air so all the blood rushes to the head. Only instead of dropping him back, he sort of couldn't hold him anymore and sort of proceeds to drop Scorpio, then try to fall back with him, like slightly yeah, delayed. I, it looked as if he was almost trying to do a brain buster rather than a suplex, but I don't think he was intending to. It was an upper shoulder buster, I think. <laughs> he was trying something different. Sam, man. Um, yeah, they fight. It goes to the outside. There's a sort of a crazy spot where Scorpio sort of starts to fight back and runs off the air and runs off the apron with a chair in his hands and smacks um, the Sandman. Yeah, that, that looked like that. It's got to hurt a little bit. Yeah, Sandman um, has a few. Um, I think then Sandman then go in the ring. Scorpio tries to get back in the ring and Sandman sort of just smacks him with the chair. Yeah. yeah. Um, the end of the match comes with Scorpio. Sort of gets slapped back in the corner, manages to run up the corner, does a moonsault, and then does a moonsault onto a standing Sandman. For those who remember, is pretty much identical to the way that one, two, three kids beat Razor Ramon on that upset on Raw. It's the only way I can describe it. It's sort of, oh, that's good memories. It is good memories. So he does that, good and um, well, just thought it was easier, wasn't it? And he sort of yeah manages to get the pin. Dean and Benoit come back and attack Scorpio as the show ends. Thoughts on the show? Um, it was okay. Not his best. I feel like they tried to do a few new things, but didn't really work, especially with the um. ECW Encyclopedia or whatever that segment was and the nightclub I don't know too much fillers and they were pointless fillers as well it was okay honest honest answer it had Raven debut so it was the best one we've seen so far um yeah no I said it's starting obviously we had no Sabu we had no Taz, we had no Tommy Dreamer, we had no Cactus Jack, we had no Mikey Whitbrick, we had no real public enemy. Um, I mean, the public enemy and Bad Breed still lining up for a... No, who is it? Bad Breed yes. and... Pitbulls. Yeah, that's been forgotten. That's like the biggest tag team match of all time, isn't it? Spoilers. Maybe oh. not. Oh. But um, yeah, so that's that's meant to be happening, but that didn't happen. So yeah, no, there's a lot of people off this show. But it was it was cool. I guess they wanted to get the nightclub over, and they did. I think like the actual wrestling was just two rubbish matches, really. Yeah, and loads, I... of, and loads of highlights from like last week's episode. I mean, I didn't mind the Sandman and Scorpio match. Um, but yeah, it's a bit, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a little bit empty at points, I think. Um, is a good way of describing it. I like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. It was cool. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Next week, obviously, we're doing episode 91. So make sure you go on the network and check it out. Join in and listen to us. Oh, go back and listen to it after you found us. See how that works. 
Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at underscore sports arena or Instagram. We're there as well. Go over to zazzle.co.uk or .com, search Sports Arena and check out some of our T-shirts. Yeah. That is everything. I didn't even introduce us, by the way. I'm Paul. That's Jada Scriff. Let me introduce us this week. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the Backward Podcast. Yeah, well, it's nice, isn't it? At the end, you think, what am I listening to? Then it's like, oh, it's them again. Still. Yeah, yeah it might be something different this week. Um... Is it happening? I'm waiting for Jay to introduce it. <laughs> I assume um, it's happening. Oh Jesus! I, it's my it's my favourite part of the show every single time. So yes, it's happening. It's not that long. Don't give me that. Um, oh, yeah, we're uh, about the speech, right? So this is. Uh, I went backwards and forwards on what to what to do as today's song, um, and I decided that in honour of our saviour and the voice of our generation uh raven finally coming through i'd go back and i'd find what his original song in ecw was um in doing so i found some really interesting songs that we'll be bringing up at various points like for instance um uh, take that. jason's theme tune jason's entrance theme was I'm a sexy boy. Close. What a man. Sexy by shirt. Oh. Oh, I said that, but I've had my fucking microphone on mute. I'm too sexy for this shirt. Too sexy for this. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a man. How'd like my man? Now, that works for Jason. However, that was the theme tune to Jason's, that, that was the entrance to Jason's stable. Which means. CW, uh, sorry, um, Chad Austin, yeah, uh, Rockin' Rebel, yeah, and Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko's first theme music in ECW was What a Man by Salt and Pepper. This is, I don't know where this is going. Anyway, so Ravens, <laughs> exactly where it's meant to go. Ravens' first, uh, song in ecw invited us uh to come out and play by the offspring so uh griff over to you quote the griff nevermore <laughs> like the latest fashion like a spreading disease the kids are strapping on their way to the classroom getting weapons with the greatest of ease the gangs take their own campus locale. And if they catch you slipping, then it's all over, pal. If one guy's colours and the others don't mix, they're going to bash it up. Hey, man, talking back to me? Take him out. You got to keep him separated. Hey, man, you disrespecting me? Take him out. You got to... Keep them separated. Hey, they don't pay no mind. If you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. Hey, come out and play. Thank you, William Shackner. See you next week. <laughs>